Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What is good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. It is a Wednesday. You are in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. The Raiders weren't, welcome to the show, by the way, the the Raiders weren't technically in the news today, uh, but they kind of were in the news. Uh, James Bradbury, who uh, many had linked the Raiders to, the former Giants cornerback, uh, signed today. News alert, I'm sure everyone knows, of course. James Bradbury to the Philadelphia Eagles. He is off the market. Um been doing some poking around today and was James Bradbury majorly in the picture uh, with the Raiders Uh, I wouldn't go that far Uh, I think there was some interest without question uh, but the money that he ended up getting the 10 million dollars I don't think the Raiders were interested uh, at that level Uh, so that's where that is at but I think the bigger sign of the Raiders not being truly active in that uh, on that market is that they're ready to roll and this is the sense that I'm getting they're ready to roll with this group that's in that locker room right now. Uh, to paraphrase, it's, it's, it's time to see what we got going here, basically. Uh, and I think that this is the crew. There might be some tinkering between now um, and, and the regular season. You could probably count on some moves happening, obviously. But in terms of the heavy lifting, uh, in terms of big moves, uh, I, I I don't uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't count on that at this point. I think the writers are pretty comfortable with what they have. There's also a budget in in place, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. Uh, I know that um, all of us looked at okay, there's 20 million dollars in cap space coming free in June 1st, but and we always have to be reminded of this: uh, cap space doesn't mean cash. Uh, in other words, every team has a budget. It's set by the owner or whoever the financial person is in that building and said, this is what you have to work with. Uh, and I've talked to people that make those decisions for the organizations that they work. And um, it's never enough, of course, from the coach's perspective, from maybe the general manager's perspective. Uh, you always want more because you always want to add great players to the roster or as many great players to the roster as possible. But there is a limit and each owner has their limit. And before you start going, oh, well, Mark Davis, uh, you know, cash strapped and all that. I saw that a little bit on Twitter today because I was trying to explain that on Twitter today. The Raiders are spending right now the 10th most cash in the NFL for the 2022 season, right around $249 million. To put that in perspective, the Los Angeles Rams, whose owner, Stan Kroenke, is worth billions upon billions, you know, they're spending $255 million in cash right now. So you you can do the math. It's not like... The Rams, with a billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar owner, is spending that much more money, cash, hard, cold, hard cash, than the Raiders are right now. So even the Rams have a budget, and I know that. Uh, I I know that the 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 Rams have a budget as 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 financially stable as their owner is, and he is. There's a limit, and you have to work within that limit and that and that boundary. That's just the way it is. Every business is like that. Uh, you know, so so when you talk about the cash or the space that was coming free in June, uh, it's sometimes a mistake to to also equate that with the cash that's lying around that's in the budget 
to be able to spend. Just because you have $20 million in cap space coming off the books doesn't mean you have $20 million to spend. So uh, there's that. Uh, but the bigger part of all of this is, A, uh, I think the, 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 the writers are comfortable and confident, too. That's key. Moving forward uh, with this with this particular group right now and getting them on the grass and seeing what they really truly have um, with this. And some decisions, I'm sure, will be made, um, you know, when, when they get a really good idea, a really good look uh, at this team, some other decisions will be made. Maybe not. Maybe they truly are comfortable with this with this roster. Um, number one. Number two. Um, I think it, it bodes well, probably for uh, Trayvon Mullen and the sense that I'm getting is that the timeline for Trayvon to be out there is right around the start of training camp, somewhere approximately right there, which gives him obviously a lot of time uh, to get ready for a season opener. So if that's um, moving in that direction uh, and and there's no you know hiccups along the way, uh, then chances are Trayvon Mullen is going to be good to go uh, when the lights come on, and that's that's big because when you look at Trayvon Mullen, and I've said this uh, you know often. I thought he was trending up in a big way before what happened last year. And and when you go, yes, he's had some, you know, uh, gotten involved in some some pretty violent collisions uh, on the field his first couple of years. It's knocked him out of a series or two. Uh, But he's been able to stay on the field. He was able to stay on the field his first two years in this league. Last year, there was a foot issue. Uh, It jumped on him early, and it lingered pretty long, and it knocked him out for most of last season. He's got some sort of a surgery. Uh, It looks like it was the foot uh, to maybe get it corrected once and for all, whatever that issue was. And it looks like the timetable now is for him to be out there right around the start of training camp. So um, if, if Trayvon Mullen is healthy, I guess that's my bottom line. If Trayvon Mullen is healthy, don't sleep on Trayvon Mullen. All right, he's a good young quarterback in this league, and he's going to be highly motivated because this is the last year of his contract. All right, he's he's playing for his future, and I think if he's healthy, he's going to be a good, productive player. Rock Yassin, who on paper right now is is one of the other starters, same situation, a good ascending young player who's also playing for his future. I think the Raiders are going to get the best out of those young cornerbacks, provided they stay healthy. Um, you know, uh, if they stay healthy, they're going to get the best effort from those guys because they're highly motivated. Not to say that they'd dog it or anything like that if they were, you know, uh, had nice big contracts. I'm not saying that. But there's a little bit of extra sauce, a little bit of extra motivation when you know this is make or break time for you as a player in terms of earning a next big contract. And don't kid yourself, that's what everybody is in this business to do. Why do you do what you do? It's not just to make a living. It's to make as much money as possible to put you and your family in the best possible position. There's motivation behind that. And we'd all be lying to say if we weren't motivated by those type things, professional athletes uh, as well. So you've got that. I think that's I think it's a good news on the Trayvon Mullen front um, that the Raiders didn't feel any sort of desperation to go out and. Uh, and spend big on a James Bradbury or match that salary or, you know, go over their budget to go to go get him. So I think that bodes well for him. <clears throat> also, and uh, I think when you look at, okay, the Raiders are okay now with, with moving forward with, with, with this roster, the offensive line. I know that it's still a concern, but it's been it's interesting. I've been I've been texting with some people today, and uh, the topic of the conversation has been Alex Leatherwood 
and his viability or potential over at right tackle. And uh, we're going to get into that because I think it's pretty interesting. There's a lot of people out there who think that he could be a viable offensive right tackle. And I'm not saying that anyone's predicting a Pro Bowl career or a Hall of Fame career, but can he handle that responsibility in an adequate way and contribute to a winning team and a, a, a team that can, can you know, go far in the playoffs? I think that based on who I've talked to, yeah, he can. And now it's up to this coaching staff to get it out of him um, and to figure it out and, and, and see how far you know, they can. And the other question is, is he going to play right tackle? And I think the Raiders are going to give him an opportunity to do just that. Uh, now it's on him to show that he's better, that he learned from last year. Um, and there was a lot that went on last year. We're going to get uh, into that. But I want your thoughts, 702-365-9200. This is, for, this is the roster right now that the Raiders uh, are likely to go into training camp with. Yeah, there might be some minor moves along the way. Anything can happen. We all know that. Uh, somebody might pop free at a, uh, at a, at a, at a, at a rate uh, or a salary that, that is appealing to the Raiders right now and within their budget. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that. But basically, I think that the Raiders are ready to move forward here. I want your thoughts, 702-365-9200, on that very thing. We have at 4.30, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN will join us in the huddle. And then at 5 o'clock, Mike, Matt Calkin, a good friend of mine who is a columnist with the Seattle Post Intelligencer, uh, will join us uh, in the huddle to shed some light on what is going on with the Seahawks, the Raiders play the Seahawks this year, so that will be of pertinent interest uh, to Raider fans. Before we get all into it, uh, this half of In the Huddle is sponsored by the neuropathy, neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. There's nothing worse than living in chronic pain with little hope. Neuropathy and Pain Centers of Las Vegas offers genuine relief from even the most severe and persistent forms of pain. Call their office today or book an appointment online to find out how to live as pain-free a life as possible. Please call them at 702-257-7246. You know, I want to start, uh, Damon Cotton, uh, today with the offensive line. I think it's it's something that fans are a little bit worried about, a little bit concerned about. I don't think it's unwarranted uh, or um, overly, you know, anxious on there. And the last what, of we, that we saw of the offensive line last year, or what we saw the majority of the time uh, last year, wasn't great. It was There were times when it was pretty darn bad. There were some times it was pretty good, too. Um, but safe to say, Damon, that this is a area of, of concern by Raider Nation based on what they saw last year, correct? Oh, yeah, it's an area of concern. But real quick, before we move to the offensive line, you mentioned how you don't – do you think that this roster mm-hmm. is what the Raiders are going to go into training camp with? Yeah. But do you think that maybe that they don't pick up, not even a veteran or two, be, with that post-June 1st cash? Do it's you, not cash. Well, not, it's space, yeah. With this post-June 1st space, R- not right. cash. But do, maybe not even a little, like maybe a veteran, maybe if it is corner or on that offensive line. Maybe. Because we saw with Denzel Perryman, I know it was later in the training camp. Right. That they didn't get him until training. They were already deep into training camp. Right. But you don't think that maybe even during training camp? Yeah, they tried no, 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 I'm not saying up? that. I'm not, I'm not, I, I think, I think, um, if, if a, a better way to describe it is. Because I know it's not 20 million they're ready cash, to, but there's yeah. some space that maybe. Well, I don't see why maybe a veteran that's maybe three million. Right. Why exactly. Not? Yes. I and I think that there is that possibility, but I think right now they're focused on what is in this building right now. Let's get it out on the grass. Let's Gotta see. see what you have first. Yes. Exactly. Before. Yeah. And, and that might happen uh, if Alex Leatherwood or if you know player X or player Y or player Z, um, you know, uh, shows that they're not ready. 
then they're going to have to make an adjustment. And there's always ways to go ahead and, 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 and go do that. And we've talked about this also, maybe dealing from a position of strength to go shore up a weakness. But I want to start with that offensive line because it's really interesting to me. And we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, uh, uh, De- uh, Devon. And I think, you know, there was so much um, upheaval along that offensive line. And it started all the way back uh, last March, not this past March, but the the previous March. Um, when they traded Gabe Jackson and they traded Rodney Hudson, they needed to free up money, cash, uh, to go help their defense. You don't get a unique Ngakwe and make some of the um, uh, additions that they made on defense last year without freeing up some of that cash, and that's where Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson came into play for the Raiders. Uh, They went to their offensive line. They said, okay, we're going to bite the bullet here. We're going to go young uh, with Andre James at center. Denzel Good at guard and a reconstruct a re um, uh, they redid uh, Richie Incognito's con- uh, contract as well, and that was the plan. Andre James at center, uh, Denzel Good at right guard, and Richie Incognito at left guard. Draft Alex Leatherwood; he's going to be the right tackle. All right, so that was the plan, and of course there was some new in that regard. Andre James was making his first. Uh, he was he was going into a year as a starter for the first time in his career. Alex Leatherwood, obviously, that's obvious. He's going from Alabama to starting at right tackle for the uh, for the Raiders. But the plan, and we've talked about this so many times, was to have Richie Incognito flanking um, Andre James uh, in between he and Colton Miller. They felt like that veteran leadership was going to be able to help the young center along because there was obviously going to be a transition and a learning curve with Andre James at center. And then to the right of Andre James and the left of Alex Leatherwood, the the two first-year starters at right tackle and center, respectfully, was going to be Denzel Good, a veteran who had played really well the year before. Uh, Cagey guy knows had played right tackle, so he knows that position was going to be able to uh, be somebody that the that the that the Alex Leatherwood could lean on uh, in his first year, and then also be a stabilizing force to the right of Andre James. Um, but it all blew up in the Raiders' face, as sometimes these things do, because of injuries. Richie Incognito went down in the middle of training camp, never to be seen again. There goes your left guard. All of a sudden, John Simpson, a young player from Clemson, is now the starter at left guard. To make matters worse, in the first half of the first game of the season, Denzel Good goes down with an injury. The right guard that was supposed to be the stabilizing force between Andre James and Alex Leatherwood goes down. And that injury... Uh, Demon, that injury was bigger than people might think because all of a sudden, not only were the Raiders uh, dipping into their depth chart to go replace Denzel or uh, Richie Incognito at left guard, now they're really dipping it, dipping into uh, their depth chart to replace Denzel Good at right guard. Okay, remember, remember who f- who who the first option was to replace Denzel Good. Do you remember who that was? Um, no, it wasn't Jermaine Illuminar. It was. was it? Oh, oh, look at me. Mm. Yes, ding, ding, ding. he he was the he he ended up starting a couple of games for Denzel Good at right guard. Keep in mind, Jermaine Illuminar showed up on the scene toward the end of training. It might have been the week before the season opener. Okay, so he hadn't even been with the Raiders throughout training camp, OTAs, none of that. He just shows up on the scene. Uh, and is going to be the backup to Denzel Good. He was actually going to be the swing backup uh, between 
John Simpson over at left guard, and then also uh, Denzel Good at right guard. And because he had some tackle uh, in his background, maybe be a guy that they can count on to be a tackle uh, if need be, if it, if it got pressed that deep. All of a sudden now he's starting. And as somebody pointed out, this, this is why that's big, because that affected Alex Leatherwood in a major way. And this is why. Everyone just assumes, and I have to point this out, that it was wrong to assume this. Everyone assumes that Alex Leatherwood was playing so bad at right tackle that they had to move him over to right guard. It wasn't, that's not how this all went down. If they, if the Raiders had somebody that they believed in at right guard, they would have lived with whatever struggles Alex Leatherwood was inevitably going to have as a rookie right tackle. It was more, and this was pointed out to me today, the Raiders needed to figure out who their best five was going to be at that point, regardless of what, all of that type of stuff. And the best five that they had, the best five offensive linemen that they had uh, to form a somewhat of a cohesive unit was Brandon Parker at right tackle, Alex Leatherwood at right guard. Because remember, Brandon Parker cannot play right guard. So if they're trying to find their best five, and Brandon Parker is part of that equa- equation because there was so much struggling going on at right tackle and at right guard, you move your a guy that you believe is one of the best five in, in Alex Leatherwood and has some versatility from right tackle to right guard, put Brandon Parker in at right tackle, and that's why the change happened. Again, to reiterate and make myself clear, if Jermaine Illuminar had come in and just been a rock solid, the guy's getting it done, it's fine, he's got that uh, position locked down at right guard. If he had done that, then Alex Leatherwood would have stayed at right tackle, and the Raiders would have lived with the ups and downs and all of that, just as they did with him at right guard. Now, going into year his year two, and with Denzel Good, hopefully, for Denzel Good's purposes, being healthy, maybe you go back to what the original plan was on the right side, which was Denzel Good at right guard and Brandon Parker at right tackle, or whoever the best right guard turns out to be. And you allow Alex Leatherwood to move back to right tackle and try to figure out if he can play that position. And I, talking to people in the NFL, there is a belief that, yes, Alex Leatherwood can handle right tackle in the NFL. Now, it's on this coaching staff and Josh McDaniels and the new offensive line coach to get it out of him. But don't be surprised if when the Raiders figure out what their best five-man group is on the offensive line, it's, it's uh, Alex, Leather, Alex Leatherwood at right tackle, maybe Denzel Good at right guard, Andre James uh, at center, John Simpson or Dylan Parham at left, left guard, and Colton Miller at left tackle. And as it was pointed out to me again, regarding Alex Leatherwood and the struggles and all of that, Think about who he was playing alongside after Denzel Good got hurt. A guy that had just shown up, and no disrespect to Jermaine Illuminar, I'm sure he's going to be better off this year having an OTA and training camp and all that type of stuff and having a familiarity with the system uh, because he did play for the New England Patriots for a period of time. You know, maybe he turns out to be better in this system at right guard than he was last year. But his struggles and the injuries that they had at guard forced the Raiders' hand, and so when you talk about Alex Leatherwood getting moved, it wasn't just because he was struggling at right tackle because everyone knew that he was probably going to struggle a little bit at right tackle. 
That's what rookies do. But they had to figure out the best five after losing two of those guys before the first half of the first game of the season. We're going to go out to the Realty One group listener line. Raider Mac is on the line. How you doing, Raider Mac? Sure, Raider Mac. Raider Mac, how you doing, man? Hey. Hey, Vinny. How are you? I'm good, brother. Okay. Hey, a couple of things. First thing is, is that um, we missed out on 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 a pick. Okay, you don't want to. I mean, on the DB, on Bradman. Uh, that secondary we have right now is horrible. I, I, you can spin it any way you want to, but why we've been bad on defense for the last. 15, 16 years. Go look it up. I, why? It up why is this? Why? But you started off why with is it secondary because you got Trayvon Mullen back there. Go look at his stats. He's like one of the worst, worst corners in pro football focus. And all he does is grab. Go look at his stats. He's one of the worst DBs on there. Second, you you got you got um Abrams. Um, Abrams. He can't cover anybody. Okay, you got the kid 30 yards off. Hopefully that'll change. I think the, the, the kid we drafted, the young kid uh, uh, from out of TCU, I can't, I, I can't remember his name, but, but he, he's good. Trayvon Morick. But Trayvon Morick. And you don't know what you're getting with, um, with the uh, what's-his-name from, from the Colts. Uh, so, so right now this secondary is not that good. The defense overall is not that good right now. And you know it, and I know it. I mean, I don't know that. I don't. I don't. I don't know that. I don't. Where's the Raiders? I don't. I I I like Rocky Asim. The Raider Nation. You you gotta be. You gotta. Okay. You gotta. You gotta also do the good and the bad. Don't sugarcoat everything. I'm not sugarcoating it. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. They're not. You saying they're good right now? Okay. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Uh, Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, that coaching staff, they've gotten a little bit of a look at what they got. Are you saying that they're sugarcoating it? Or do you think that maybe they see what they've saw, seen on film, what they know what they're going to be doing? Are you saying Patrick Graham doesn't know what he's looking at? Like, w- like if they were no, that bad, if they were, if they were as doing. bad as you what? said that they were. Okay, go to the stats talent. The stats talent. We're one of the worst defensive teams in the league every year for the last 15 years. I don't years. care go about the last that. 15 years. Okay, well, well, what year did you want? Okay, so this what, year. Are you saying it's going to change? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, I, I think it you has a chance get to change. In here. you got to get players in on defense. Chandler Jones isn't back. a player. That's Nate Hobbs guy. isn't a player. What, Trevor Morrig isn't a player. You, you're, you're, you're writing Rock Yassin off. You're riding Trayvon no, Mullen off. You need a you need you need a you need a, a a guy back there in the secondary, and you need a linebacker. Till then, you, you you're not. But you're, you're saying the secondary is terrible. How yeah, can they you... are? They are. We we have the worst secondary in in the division. We do, and you know. Go look at look at everybody else's secondary and tell me. I don't know. I mean, the the, the, oh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Why? I mean, they, they got burnt left and right last year. Yeah, I, I I can't I don't know yet. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're that they're terrible right now. I love Nate, Nate Hobbs, and I do like Trayvon Mullen. I've liked Trayvon Mullen uh, his first two years. Last year was a wash. He was hurt, and as Lincoln will tell you, he felt like he was always kind of being misused as well in the previous system. So we'll see how he gets used in this system. But he's he's a guy that I think that. The Raiders staff has taken a look at and said, you know what? There's something to work with here. They also went out 
uh, and got Darius Phillips. They also went out and got a- Anthony Averett. These guys are guys that have played in winning programs and done pretty well uh, with the Baltimore Ravens. And you know, and I, and I think you're underestimating Rocky Yassin as well. We're going to see if it all comes together. But to say that this is a terrible secondary, I think it's young. I think it's obviously unproven. But I'm not ready to call this a terrible secondary. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Raider Nation already fired up. Raider Mac calling the Raiders secondary terrible. We haven't even played a game. We haven't even seen them out on the field in an OTA or training camp. Uh, and Raider Mac is already throwing the Raiders secondary under the bus. I hear you, Raider, Raider Mac. Uh, we'll see. You know, I don't think it's terrible. I think it has a chance to be pretty darn good. But we'll see. And plus, with the pass rush and Chandler Jones and, and Max Crosby, you, you get pressure on the quarterback. That's going to help a, a young secondary, and that's what the Raiders have as a young secondary. But we're going to go to the Raider Nation guest line. Welcome in a good friend of ours, uh, a great reporter for ESPN, Paul Gutierrez, and he's been covering the Raiders uh, for many, many years. Paul, thank you so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. How are you doing, my friend? Good, man. Good to, good to hear from you. I haven't talked to you in a while. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, to, to follow up, dovetail on what you were just talking about, I mean, that's exactly what a defense is supposed to do, right? Pass rush helps out the, the coverage. Coverage helps out the pass rush. And, and as it stands right now, and I know that that's kind of the theme of your show today, I mean, if this is what they're going to go forward with, they're going to need a lot, of, a lot of help up front to help out that secondary because, you know, Trayvon Mullen, we don't know what his situation is recovering from a surgery. Um, you know, is Jonathan Abrams still going to be a starter back there? We'll see. I mean, he can only get better, right? Yeah. And you just kind of figure it out from there. Let me ask you this. Um, the Raiders did make some uh, additions uh, in the secondary uh, this year. They went out and traded for Rock Yassin. Uh, they brought in Anthony uh, Averett. Uh, they brought in Darius Phillips, uh, a couple other guys. Um, let's talk about Rock Yassin. And, you know, I, I think there's this assumption. I don't know what the, what the I guess I don't know what Raider Nation thinks of, of Rock Yassin, but uh, it's not like he's some chump. This is a dude that, you know, started a couple of years on a uh, a team that everyone thought was going to make the playoffs, and it wasn't really the defense that let the Colts down last year, especially down the stretch. It was kind of uh, erratic quarterback play and just sloppy offensive play down the stretch. But w- your thoughts on Rock Yassin as a potential starter with the Raiders? Yeah, I, I like to say that uh, I'm, I'm a couple years ahead of the trend here because I actually drafted him for the Raiders in our mock, ESPN right. NFL Nation mock draft back in 2019 um, when they had the three first-rounders. I had him as, as the, the third first-rounder in that pick. So I'm going I'm to go ahead and take a victory lap there. I'm not, not going to take a drive around Arrowhead Stadium or anything, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I like the signing. Um, and he's definitely coming in with a chip on his shoulder. Um, and you know, he, he's that big physical, he's not necessarily overly tall, but he's physically big. You know, he's, he plays a physical brand of football and I know the Raiders are kind of getting away from that stereotype of, of the bump and run pressure cornerback, hit him in the mouth as they're coming off the the line of scrimmage because it really hasn't worked for, for a while now, but he does kind of fit that prototype of being a big physical kind of a corner. Um, and, and it's going to be interesting to see how that melds with, with what uh, the new defense uh, is going to look like, you know. And, and, you know, is it a 4-3 base? Is it a 5-2? Is it a 3-4? Is it, uh, 
you know, the, the as, as everybody keeps saying, it, it's basically going to be in, in sub-packages nonstop with, uh, you know, numerous DBs out there. So he, to me, is kind of the key to the cornerbacks anyways. And uh, you see exactly what type of uh, scheme they're going to be in, how he fits. And with the new defensive coordinator, Patrick Graham, in there, I mean, he's going to be able to – what I'm really interested in, and when we finally get a chance to get out there and at least just look at him in shorts on the right. field, right, privately – is see what it looks like because, you know, to not be able to go out there for rookie minicamp, to not have any access to these guys, it's just a little frustrating as a beat writer. Yep. But, um, you know, this whole defense was was uh, flipped, and we're going to see exactly what it looks like going forward. But uh, to your original point, I, I do like acquiring him. I do like what he's going to bring. Uh, we'll see how it pans out. Let's just assume, uh, and and uh, you know, the sense that I'm getting is that Trayvon Mullen is uh, targeting, you know, right around that training camp as uh, good to go. Uh, let's say he stays on track, uh, and that's and 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 he's good to go to start training camp or very very soon after, whatever the case might be. But the bottom line is that he's ready to start the season healthy. Um, I know, I know that. Uh, Trayvon, there were times, and we were both, you know, up there in the uh, in the press box watching the games, and you know he played a physical brand of cornerback, and sometimes uh, that was to his detriment because he knocked himself out of a couple of games, uh, or at least a couple series uh, where he had to go run under the uh, to the locker room, and then he would come back. So um, the first couple of years, I didn't feel like injuries were a, a huge concern. Uh, I felt like. You know, he he. There were times when he got stung or whatever. Um, you know, uh, with the physical uh, style of play he played with, but he was coming along. I felt. What do you feel like his first couple of years uh, as far as a player when he was on the field? Yeah, it was interesting. He 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 surprised me in terms of how um, around the ball he was. And again, he was a high draft pick, right, uh, for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that was by the previous regime that, that drafted him there anyway. But there was something about him all the time, and this is not taking a shot or anything. There were numerous times throughout a season, if not throughout a single game where he'd get knocked out or he'd be on the floor on the ground. And it looked like, Oh my gosh, what what happened? Has he done for the year? And then one series later, he'd be back out on the field. Right. So it was one of those things where it was like, okay, what's going on here now? You know, he was down last year for, but he never really missed any time in those first two years. No. Last year, that's when the time started, you know, it just, are these things just starting to kind of accumulate because of the way he plays? Um, a lot of it, Vinny, and I'm sure you've noticed it too, is the friendly fire hits from Jonathan Abram. I mean, he was known <laughs> yes. that they got a couple guys himself exactly. uh, from in, in the same uniform. So if, if he has the surgery and it looks like it's okay and, and he's coming back, then that, that should only be a positive as well. Um, you know, in talking to Josh McDaniels and, and Dave Ziegler throughout this offseason, you heard him say it too. I mean, it, it's all about just kind of getting numbers, getting guys to, to fill out a position group and then just kind of shaking it out and seeing who kind of comes out at the end of it. And just based on his, his work in the past and, and the, the skill level we've seen, Trayvon Mullen should be starting uh, at one of the cornerback spots. And we'll just see who that other guy is, whether it's Rock Yassin or one of the other guys they've signed. I think the Raiders were, you know, curious about James Bradbury. No question about that. Um, but I don't, but what what should we read into the fact that they weren't desperate, maybe, uh, to go out and 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 go bring him in? What is it? What do you think it tells us about what they might be thinking about what they have in the secondary? 
Well, it's one of those things where if a team really wants somebody and whether there's cap space or not, there's always a way around that, right? If they were really that desperate, that in love to, to reunite him uh, with, with the coordinator and go forward, it would have happened. Um, but there's that arbitrary deadline. It's not even arbitrary, really. It's June, June 2nd. They're going to have $20 more million in cap space. But do they have the actual cash right now? We Nobody knows. Right. Um, so it, what it tells me is that either one of two things. Either they, they gambled and thought that, okay, well, we, we've talked. I mean, you know that talks have happened right. if they were interested and thought that maybe he'd stick around until June 2nd and then make a decent offer. Or, you know, if they're doing everything right, they would have told him, hey, here's what we can offer you come June 2nd. Um, or they just really weren't that into it. And he went and found another deal. And that, to me, is kind of what it's telling me right now. Because if you really wanted to make this happen, you wanted to make this re- you know, make it reunited and oh, it feels so good, then he would have waited uh, until the Raiders could have put together a deal that would have made him feel good. He didn't. He found another deal and he went. Yep, absolutely. Talking about Paul Gutierrez, he covers uh, the Raiders and many other things uh, for ESPN, does an excellent job uh, at that. Um, okay, so safety. Uh, obviously, Trayvon Morg uh, had a, uh, a really nice rookie year. Uh, there's no two ways about that. I think he's the guy for the future. Jonathan Abram um, did not get his fifth-year option picked up. That doesn't mean he can't you know, uh, play his way uh, into a future w- with the Raiders, but we'll, we'll see. And how curious are you, as am I, to see what his role actually looks like uh, with new uh, defensive corner Patrick Graham? Yeah, and that's that's the the big question in, in the back end of the secondary is um, what does defense look like? I mean, is he are they playing two safeties high? Are they playing a guy in the box? When Abram was down in the box, again, people forget that he kind of knocked himself out of a, a game again and end the season, and and he's played he, he was decent against the run, you know, and he's still yeah, he, a feared right. hitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, he's a feared hitter. There's no doubt about that, and against the run especially, but in coverage, it, it's it's an Achilles heel. There's no doubt about it. And you, you got to figure out, okay, well, how do you, I don't know if you say, how do you hide him? How do you protect him in that role if he's going to be on the field in obvious passing situations? Because I don't think you can keep swapping out safeties on passing downs and, and I mean, like you do your pass rushers, but they're going to have to figure out a way to keep him on the field if that's indeed going to be his role as a starter. Um, you're right. They didn't pick up the, the option. Doesn't mean that he can't play his way into it, but the fact that, I'll put it this way. We had an assignment for ESPN NFL Nation where we had to to look at somebody on the roster who'd been there for at least a year, if not two, and say, okay, who benefited the most from the draft? I, I, went, I took the easy route, I'll admit it, and I said Derek Carr because they drafted a couple of offensive linemen and got him a, a couple of running backs as weapons, blah, blah, blah. I wanted to go with, with Jonathan Abram for the mere reason that, hey, they didn't draft his replacement. So <laughs> it's up to him to show him now what he can do. Yep, absolutely. Uh, all right, on the other side of the football, uh, Paul, uh, no real major um, additions along the offensive line. And uh, I, I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are uh, on on what that tells us about the offensive line. Uh, a, also, in addition to that, do you think Dylan Parham uh, can win a starting job and where, uh, number one? And, and number two, um, Alex Leatherwood. All right, and talking to some people um, the last couple of days and, and today in particular, um, you know, his move from right tackle to right guard wasn't just because he might have been struggling at right tackle. They also had a major need at right guard after their two starting guards went out, and they just had to figure out on the fly at some point what's the best five 
that we could put out there um, after three yeah. games. And that was part of the reason why he moved to right right guard. I think if they had that position locked down, he stays at right tackle and then live with the ups and downs that he was going to invariably have. So I guess long-winded question here. Number one, do you think Alex Leatherwood will get another shot at right tackle, and do you think he can lock that down? And what do you think about Dylan Parham uh, as potentially a rookie starter? I can see Parham starting at left guard. Uh, I think that's where they kind of slot him right now to, to see to, to compete anyway, and, and if that's where he's going to win a job, I think that's the you know lack of a better term the easiest place for him to kind of slide in and start. And I know Johnson Simpson, uh, you know, was was a starter all season long there last year. That's not a slide at him, but there's a reason they drafted Parham to <laughs> that early as their first ever draft pick, right? Right. Uh, Leatherwood, yeah, I totally see him being kicked back out to right tackle. Um, Josh himself said it, and I, I can't recall if he said it the day he was introduced or if he told us this when we had the ultra-exclusive uh, <laughs> off to the side in in, uh, in in Florida during the owners' meetings when he said, look, we know why he was drafted. We know what he was drafted to do, and he's going to have every opportunity to, to win that job back. So I, I, I do see that, especially, and the key to me here is Denzel Good. People forgot that he got a bag last year. He got a nice contract, and they brought him in, and he's tore his ACL in the season opener. It's like, oh, well, and, and Denzel, the previous year, was being lauded by both the coach at the time, John Gruden, and Derek Carr himself as being the most valuable player on the offense. Gabe Jackson, so, remember him? Pay the man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you, you get Denzel good at right, I mean, and again, it's 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 May. Uh, you can see this is my, my, <laughs> my offensive line here going left to right. Cole Miller, Parham. Andre, uh, Denzel Good, and Leatherwood at right tackle. So if I'm a betting man and if I went to UNLV and if I happen to be in <laughs> Vegas at a casino, maybe that's the bet I'm making. Uh, I think that's a sound bet, and uh, I, I, I'm going to pitch in some money too because let's bet that together because uh, right. that's where I'm, I'm going with the two people. Forget about Denzel Good. Uh, and yeah. then had he stayed healthy, I think Alex Leatherwood plays right tackle all last year, period. Um, so, you know, very, very interesting uh, to see how, how that all pl- plays out. Last question before we let you get out of here, uh, Paul Gutierrez. Uh, assuming, you know, everybody stays healthy from the Darren Wallers to the Hunter Renfros uh, uh, to um, Devontae Adams, um, the new wide receiver, what kind of year can could Derek Carr have? I think early last year when he had his full assortment of weapons, we were talking about him potentially as an MVP candidate. Some of the wheels yeah. fell off. We know that. But if everybody stays healthy, uh, can he can he continue what he was doing early last season throughout the course of a season? Can he? Sure. I mean, the 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 you know, could he? No doubt. Will he? I don't know because here's what everybody keeps forgetting about. They just assume that with a new play caller and Josh McDaniels being better in the red zone, that's going to automatically mean success. There's a growing uh, period here. There's yeah. a learning curve that still has to be accounted for. And I go back, you mentioned I've been covering this team for a while. I was talking with somebody yesterday about this, actually, and it's like this is kind of reminiscent to me uh, in a different way, but similar to 2012 when they got rid of Hugh Jackson and that offense was humming in 2011. They bring in Dennis Allen, who's a defensive-minded coach, and you assume, okay, he's going to come in, he's going to leave the offense alone, they're going to do their thing. Uh, Darren McFadden's an MVP candidate. Uh, you know, They got it all going. Instead, Dennis Allen came in and took uh, a wrecking ball to the offense. Oh, and I remember at the time, you know, people were, oh, this offense is going to be great. Dennis Allen's coming in to fix the defense. They're on their way. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not so sure. So I, when I made my predictions, 
I just got hammered by Raider fans because I, I just could not bet on the unknown. That was not, you know, taking a shot at them, saying, oh, this Dennis Allen thing's not going to happen. Show that it didn't happen. But you just don't know. And with the unknown of Josh McDaniels coming in and, and being a totally unknown quantity at this level with, with this, you know, offense, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to work. I, I think it's got the potential to be a really, really cool thing and a really well-oiled and humming machine with Derek at the at the controls. But it also has the potential to just completely fall apart, too, because I've seen that happen. I saw it happen in 2012. And we saw it happen again when John Gruden came in for a team that we thought all it needed was a nice little shine. And instead, John took a uh, wrecking ball to that thing, too. So. That did we'll happen. We'll <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, which is why I'm so curious and fascinated to get out there next week uh, to get some sort of a look at what this uh, uh, what this team looks like. So, and I know I'll see you out there. So, looking forward forward to seeing you next week, Paul. Uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. Safe travels, and we'll talk to you down the road, my friend. Sounds good, Vinny. Hey, I thought you were going to mention my my tweet yesterday. I posted a thirty five year old, thirty six year old photo of the ticket stub when I went and saw the Mets and the Dodgers. I I, oh, what, I was thinking of you know I what didn't. something <laughs> something because uh, I was gonna I was gonna retweet it because I wanted to see I wanted to go to Baseball Reference to see who won that game, but then something got sidetracked, so I wasn't able to do it. But uh, I'll I'll have yeah. something in store for you. My Mets my Mets are playing pretty good, but so are the Dodgers for crying out loud. Dodgers so. Dodgers and extra innings that night, and like the typical Dodger fans, we were in the parking lot in the car leaving when they won an award. Listen to Vince Scully call it. I'm sure. I'm exactly. sure. I've, I've been there many times. Uh, Paul, thanks so, so much. I'll see you next week. All right, Vinny. Take care. You too. Uh, that was Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. And uh, looking forward to seeing the whole crew out at Henderson uh, next week. Uh, it's always kind of like uh, the, the start of the school year uh, when, when we start getting back out there. So uh, looking forward to that. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Wednesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Got some calls to get to and we will get to them in just one second. But, you know, it's your time to buy or sell a home. And Realty One Group wants to be the ones to be part of your story. Yes, the housing market's hectic, but it's still a great time to sell and even buy the home of your dreams to do so, you'll need a hardworking real estate professional to get it done. And they've got you covered. They know the market. They know the neighborhoods. They know the transactions. They know how they can get this done for you. Realty One Group was founded here in Las Vegas, and it's been their home here for more than 11 years. They've been opening doors for their clients and opening doors for real estate professionals to live better lives for more than a dec- decade. And they're also proud to give back to the community, donating their time and resources to make an impact. So whether you're buying or selling a home, give Realty One Group a call today at 888-461-0101. Uh, you need help to get it done one way or another, selling or buying. Uh, and they got you covered. Out to the Realty One Group listener line, Guareb is on the line. How you doing, Guareb? Oh, I'm doing okay. Yeah, um, I was listening to that one last caller, the caller you had before, and I tend to agree with him about the uh, the corner, the corner on uh, Mullen, and the possibility of him, regardless if he's like injured or not, and the linebacker too. As a matter of fact, I'm still not convinced with our linebacker. But going back to the cornerback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't uh, – with Mullen, I'm just – even regardless if he's either having surgery or not, I can't trust that guy 
to to actually make it through the season. I'm so up until last year, though uh, that wasn't ever, a that wasn't a consideration up until last year. He made it through his first well, two seasons. Uh, yeah, well, actually, no. Well, he'd been hurt in, in his uh, first couple seasons as well. I, I mean, he, he got he, he, no, he would he would he would have to leave the field. That's not unusual for that position, uh, by the way. Especially if you're a young player, kind of learning how to play that position uh, in the NFL. It wasn't like he missed major time his first two years. That's just not factual. Last year, he had a foot injury. Something snuck up on him uh, during training camp, and it just plagued him the rest of the year. So I, it was just a wash of a year, but I don't think that's indicative of a player that was, um, you know, injury prone or anything like that, because go look at what it. About, go ahead. Yeah. Well, what, okay. The, the, see, the thing is we have these guys that are the, the backups we have. We have a bunch of guys we have no idea about. We have Mullen, but I mean, I was Anthony really, Averett. I, I had, I, 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 yeah. Okay. But he's, Darius you know, Phillips. Really these are guys who have started. In the those, those, Just because you don't know well, about yeah, him, just because you don't know about no, him I mean, doesn't but, mean that they can't play. I mean, I've, I've heard of them saying, but That's they weren't okay. really like consistent players at their position. They weren't consistent players. They played. They've come in for other players, and, and, and you know they've like, substituted. I I know they weren't full time. There's there's some you know, starting experience uh, with those guys. Got that they've been in rotations. They've been um, uh, players that have contributed. So that's the thing. I mean, and and I don't expect Guara you to know um, a lot about Anthony Averett or Rock Yassine for that matter. You don't watch those two teams. You know, you're a fan of the Raiders, so you're paying attention to the Raiders, and I get that, and I appreciate it, and I respect it. Uh, but but don't be fearful of the unknown just because you haven't you know watched these guys or know about them. That's what guys like um, you know Champ Kelly. That's his job uh, as a somebody in the pro personnel department that has his thumb on everybody in the NFL. That's their job. The pro personnel department's job is to keep track on everybody in the NFL for free agency purposes, trade purposes. If a guy gets released, you have a body or a a book on that player. That's who helps in that regard. Dave Ziegler, for many years, did that exact job for the New England Patriots. They were pro personnel guys that knew the that had a complete grasp on every roster in the NFL. Uh, so I'm not going to sit here and say I'm an expert on Anthony Averett, but you know what? Champ Kelly and Dave Ziegler and those guys are because that's what their job was before coming here to the Raiders. So, yes, there's some unknown from a from a Raider fan's perspective because you guys aren't intimately knowledgeable about some of these guys, but that doesn't mean those guys can't play. And that's what I'm saying. Like, to say that it's terrible I think is presumptuous at this point, and especially when you marry – uh, a young, what I think is a pretty solid group of young cornerbacks, and we got to throw Nate Hobbs in there. And Trayvon Mullen, just because he lost last year to an injury, doesn't make him an injury-prone player. He lost one year to an injury. It's not unusual that that happens. And if he is healthy, and hopefully the, the surgery that, that he underwent corrected whatever the problem was, he's been a good, solid cornerback uh, in the NFL. And I think somebody that was getting better and somebody that will get better – get better playing behind uh, the defensive line that they're playing behind. Oh, okay. Uh, going back out to the uh, Raider Nation listener line because we've got Gangster Raider. Happy birthday to your son, Gangster Raider. Hopefully you got here nice and safe here in Las Vegas and are having a good time. Yeah, well, I have now. We, have to, uh, we just finished up our stadium tour. We're having our drink by the torch right now. And um, I just wanted to tell you um, that I agree with a lot of things y'all were saying about the cornerbacks and everything. 
But I'm I'm just really in a um, proud father mode all day because good for you, man. Yeah, he's he's my oldest son. He turned 21 today, so welcome, I still can't believe it. Welcome to the big leagues. You know what I'm saying? But we still gonna be at the Raiders Tavern and Grill at six. So come on down. Anybody uh, want to come party with us? You know what I'm saying? Come celebrate my son's 21st birthday, and we finna have a glorious season. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, don't worry about what the naysayers are saying because they all scared of us. You know what I'm saying? Kansas City scared. That's why they went and got all those DBs. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm glad the schedule's set up like it is because once we beat um, the, our division opponents in the first five games, watch the whole narrative switch. You know what I'm saying? The only thing I really don't like is I think our bye week is too early. I wanted our bye week to be from anywhere from week nine to week 11. You know what I'm saying? Because week six, that's too early. Because after week six, we still got 12 games left. You know what I'm saying? I like to buy towards the middle of the season. You know what I'm saying? But come on out and party with me, and let's go. Raiders! Thank you, Gangster Raider, and happy birthday to your son. Enjoy Las Vegas. And I know you enjoyed um, the, the tour of the stadium over to Legion Stadium and the drink that you're having uh, over by the torts. Uh, man, I can't wait to get back into that stadium. It's only a matter of time. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Wednesday.